the Holiday Moons podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Randy, and I will be continuing my All-American Summer Food Series with watermelons. This is Sydney, and I will be discontinuing my <laughs> spring mini-series on spring bucket lists and moving forward to kind of like a summer bucket list type of deal, and... In particular today, I will be listing 10 of the most famous bars in the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, this is Cole, and I'm going to be talking today, well, really all of us are going to be talking about our birthday experiences in the past and kind of what we do for them now. Oh, okay. Yes, and that's relevant because today is my birthday. Yes, Yay, it is. Yay, happy birthday. Happy birthday. How old are you? Old enough. That <laughs> <laughs> sounded a little As fake. old as my tongue and a little older than my teeth. <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street. That's right. That's right. And my friend Mike's birthday, this will come out after his birthday, is next Saturday, the 22nd. Yep. So happy birthday, Uncle Mike. So happy birthday to Mike as well. So we are a little distracted as we do this. We've had other events happening during the podcast, but today we have Noel who's kind of roaming free a little bit. Noelle is City's new puppy dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, we're kind of seeing how she does freely walking around. <laughs> we're hoping she'll settle down. So far she has not settled down. So. Yeah. But as far as she's puppies cute. go, she's not like tearing through the house. She she's doesn't. Not, she's not a rambunctious yeah. puppy. She's no. just kind of a wanderer. Yeah. <laughs> you just wonder where she's wandering to. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, she's little. And she's not potty trained and she's starting to chew on things a little bit more. She's definitely, yeah. you know, since the last time we had the podcast, she's definitely come out of her shell and yeah. is much more comfortable here as well as at Sydney's apartment. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so she's a Yorkie Poo, which is a mix of a Yorkshire Terrier and a Poodle. That's you might a, hear her squeaking. That's a squeaky toy. <laughs> her toy back there. I don't know if you can hear it on the podcast. At first, we thought she was really chill, and she kind of still is. Yeah, she's really gotten out of her shell. She likes running after things that we throw. She hasn't quite gotten the concept of... Like, she comes back, but she, she doesn't really know how to, like, drop drop the toy. Mm-hmm. She does pretty good, though, I think. She Sometimes does. she'll bring it back. I mean, there's things that you can see she will be able to learn. Yeah. She's not super food um, motivated, motivated yeah. but she's already learned just a little bit of how to sit from yeah. cheese because she likes cheese yes and we found that out because mom gave her cheese <laughs> it was like she was inhaling it i'm not entirely sure if she like yeah. really chewed it <laughs> i know <laughs> it didn't she seem like it she loved it so much it was just like my cheese was gone yeah and I, I cheddar, cheddar it to cheese her. yeah so yeah anytime like i have a cheese snack in the car or whatever i now share it with her <laughs> she's my little travel buddy we've been traveling all kinds of places today she experienced two car washes one with my car one with dad's car yeah and uh, she's gotten used to um going into and through the starbucks drive-thru <laughs> she's had her first puppuccino yeah that's true <laughs> what's a puppuccino for the listener who it may not know basic so it's meant for dogs which i think is incredibly smart of starbucks sure to is. combine dogs with their products it is a little cup, and they basically put whipped cream in it, and that's it. Oh, really? That's all yeah. that's in there? Okay. And dogs yes. love it. They do. They now, love it. Um, the little cup looks super big next to Noelle. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't even able to finish half, I don't think, so I saved the rest of it for um, a different time. But yeah. yeah. Is the, the puppuccino free? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I talked to a couple people, and... Showed them the video of mm-hmm. Noel, which was adorable. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and one or two of them said, oh, I thought puppuccinos were free. Mm. So I was like, yeah. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask, I'll have to ask Sydney. Yeah. Um, even if they were, mm-hmm. it would be very low cost. Yeah. yeah. For to just put whipped cream in a cup. Yeah. Very for likely customer the customer would also buy a drink drink. That's so. true. Most likely, to, more likely to come back. Mm-hmm. So from a marketing standpoint, I think that's like brilliant of Starbucks. Yeah. She also yeah. had her first vet visit, which she was not happy about. And um, thankfully, I have my best friend Marie, who's worked in animal shelters as well as now a vet clinic. She had a bit of a 
not Marie, but Noelle had a bit of a side effect to a vaccine, which I was a little alarmed at. Turned out it was nothing, so. Yeah. Right, and I did look up the puppuccinos are free Sweet. at Starbucks. Yeah. So it is a, it's a clever marketing. Yeah. yeah and definitely. calling it a puppuccino? Yes. Smart. Yes. And, and they say um, if they don't know what a puppuccino is, which I think everybody does at this point, but just in case, just say whipped cream in a cup. Yeah. And they'll, they'll oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But yeah, she's had a lot of her firsts, so very exciting. Yes. Yeah. She's very sweet, and I've had some time with her, watching her babysitting for her while Beth and Sydney had to do some other things, so mm-hmm. she sat on my hammock with me out on the back porch. Uh, she did pretty good. She <laughs> she wished that Sydney was there, but... Um, you could she tell. Okay, she yeah. gazed at She eventually gave up and yeah. settled down, so... Yeah, that's, yeah. Her, that's her thing. Eventually, she gives up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She that's does right. have a little bandana, though, that says, Happy Birthday, Grandpa. On yes. It, so, yeah. yeah. That was fun. That yeah, is fun. This will come out shortly before Father's Day as well, and I know that the stores have switched to Father's Day things, although mostly cards and... I guess that's mostly it. <laughs> cards yep. uh, for a focus for Father's Day. Well, I'm also seeing like um, gift bags and things like that. Oh, okay, gift there's yeah. some stereotypical like displays and stuff that have got like grilling stuff. Grilling stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is likely grilling stuff they already had. They just yeah. slapped a fa- Happy Father's Day yeah. sign on yeah. top of it, like yeah. summer stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to make Father's Day out of that mm-hmm. as well. So, yes, and the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about. All American summer foods. We talked about hot dogs and hamburgers the last couple of weeks. So we're going to switch from meat products for those of you that aren't that into meat products and over to watermelons. Yum. So are you guys watermelon fans? Yes. I think the whole family is. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So watermelons are a flowering plant. Their fruit are not actually fruit, but rather kind of something like a vegetable slash berry. Actually, so <laughs> that big berry. <laughs> well, I know. So they have an interior which is sweet, juicy, and full of water, hence the name, and an exterior in a form of a smooth, hard rind, which is green with dark green stripes or yellow stripes. The first watermelons appeared in South Africa some five thousand years ago. Interesting. Wow. And we can still find many wild variants there, from sweet to bland to bitter. Hmm. Um, they spread from there, they spread out from South Africa, and by about the 2,000 years BCE, they were cultivated and became an everyday food in ancient Egypt. Mm. One of the earliest proofs that they were in ancient Egypt are in the hieroglyphics mm. and buildings from the time that tell stories about harvesting watermelons. Did they cut them into the same, like... Yeah, I don't know. Triangular. That would be funny. If you saw them with like little triangles of watermelons. Triangles. <laughs> and they were like, we thought these were pyramids, but then there was like one guy in the archaeology group who had a watermelon. He was like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a moment where he held it up to the hieroglyphic right there. He's like, they're the same. <laughs> so the other thing I found was that remains of watermelons were found in tombs of kings. That were left as food for the deceased in the afterlife. I'm like, remains of watermelons? How did it last that long? How yeah. in the world? Well, they mummified them. <laughs> <laughs> they must have preserved it. It had to be in a preservative of some kind because watermelons will rot in no time. Yeah, they had to be preserved somehow. Or yeah. or there was like an imprint of a triangular watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they're very popular in the hot desert regions. In fact, the Bible mentions watermelon as a food of ancient Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt. Oh, so the Israel, so the from the king to the slaves ate uh, watermelon. I didn't. I don't remember. Seeing I don't that either. Part. I have to yeah look, confirm that, but that's what it says. <laughs> yeah. So from Africa, watermelon crossed to Europe, not on its own little feet. Well, that's good. <laughs> they believe that Moors brought them there in the 10th century, and they grew successfully in the warmer parts of the Mediterranean. So, jumping ahead to the 7th century, watermelon reached India and from there to China, which saw its first watermelons in the 10th century. Now, China is the world's largest producer of watermelons. Really? That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, watermelons were brought over to the Americas by European colonists. It doesn't specifically say Germans, but we know that Germans brought like practically 90% of <laughs> over here. Their first ones were grown in Florida 
in the 16th century and later. Okay, so it may have been the Spanish who brought them over. Could have been, yeah, based on the dates and the location, right. Later in the 17th century, they were grown all the way up to Massachusetts and then down in Peru, Brazil, in the middle there in Central America and Panama, and then many of the British and Dutch colonies. Captain James Cook and other explorers introduced watermelons to Hawaii and the Pacific Islands. So, I mean, that covers, like, most most of the world by that time. So, obviously, they come in a lot of different types as well as shapes. Uh, they have many different colors, both on the inside and outside. Because seeds of watermelon are a bit inconvenient while eating, one of the variants is made not to have them. Mm. So, I actually remember when seedless watermelons were introduced mass market. Now, they were actually around as early as 1939. But they didn't hit the awareness of the culture probably to the 70s, 80s. Right. Growing up, and that was throughout the 70s, we didn't have seedless watermelons. No. No, no. In fact, we like having the seeds because then you could spit, spit them. Spit them at <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, just spit them. <laughs> Not at anybody. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't thinking at anybody. <laughs> probably about your, your upbringing was a little different than mine. <laughs> really? You guys didn't spit them at each other? No. There no. were five boys. I find that hard to... <laughs> I know. They probably spit it at me. I just didn't know. So, um, he probably was stuck on his back. His mom just brushed him off later. Yeah, she shielded you. <laughs> so tell me what this sounds like. Let me finish, but tell me what it sounds like. Okay. In Japan, people grow cube watermelons. They are grown by placing them in cube mold made of durable glass, and they grow them in the shape of the cube so they can fit into a small refrigerator because Japan has efficient with their use of space. And they like them because they don't roll off the counters. What does that sound like? The idea of like shaping living them? with the land at yes. Epcot. Yeah, Disney living with World. the land at mm-hmm. Epcot and Disney. They do plants like pumpkins and watermelons in containers that will shape them like a Mickey head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're really cool. cool. Yeah, there are over twelve hundred variants of watermelon, and they're grown in more than ninety six countries. One of the great things about watermelons is that they're filled with water, which is why they are popular and spread all over the world, is because they're really great, filled with nutrients, but also with just their water content. I I imagine that's why they were especially popular in Egypt and the Middle East, because... (laughs) Yeah, hot regions. Yeah, hot regions and a food that provides the water that you need with your meal. Mm -hmm. They have high amounts of vitamin C and are low in fat and sodium. They can be turned into juice. The rind of the watermelon is edible, but rarely eaten because it's not so yummy. <laughs> I will and, add that I, and double check this, but I'm talking to the listeners on this, but my understanding is that dogs can eat watermelon, just not the rind. That is correct. I was yeah. reading that too. I was looking up what, for Noelle's sake, what yeah. she could eat and not and yeah, they can eat watermelon, but not the rind. That is Careful not that, okay. Not to eat the seeds, though. Right. Yeah. These are the, the black seeds. seeds. The yeah. seedless ones are okay. Yeah. The seedless ones have white seeds in them, but they're not fully germinated seeds. Right. And they're actually very good for you. The white seeds but are. That's hilarious. Yeah. Really? So yeah, they have a lot of nutrients in them. So watermelons can be kind of temperamental to grow. They have to grow on vines. They need to be in a warm, moist climate with sandy soil. And each individual fruit, each watermelon, consumes one to two inches of water per week. Wow. It's a pretty toasty fruit. It's also uh, very popular just in America alone. In 2018, Americans bought over three billion pounds of watermelon. Melons are predominantly grown in Texas, Florida, California, and Georgia for the United States. And we import quite a bit from Central and South America. And as I mentioned, watermelons aren't actually a melon. They are related to a cucumber, pumpkin, squash, something like that. So they're not actually a fruit, even though we treat them as a fruit. There are some interesting things about watermelons that you may want to know about. One, don't just eat a watermelon raw. Give it a good blast of heat to bring out the flavor. So I didn't realize this, but grilling a watermelon has the... Same type of effect as putting salt on it, which is that it activates the flavor within the fruit. Well, within the melon, I should say. Within the melon to make it even sweeter than what it would be. So if you get a watermelon and it's not as sweet, an option would be 
try salt or just try grilling it for a little tiny bit. You're not so, grilling it for long. So the salt, you're not supposed to be able to taste the salt. It'll just taste sweeter. So that's, yes, that is the idea. Now, some people actually like the sweet and salt, salty together, but the salt is supposed to have a similar effect as the grilling does, which is to caramelize the sugars inside the melon and seal the moisture. Do they say how much to No, put? but I'm sure you could find it online. Yeah. Not all watermelons are red either. Some are yellow-orange or pale green. There's super sweet, tender ones called yellow dolls and the yellow babies. There are emerald shades that you can get with variety called the Cream of Saskatchewan, which is a creamy melon from Canada. So there's a lot of different types, too. I don't see a lot of options in our stores. It's just a big container <laughs> right. of watermelon. No, big yeah. containers. Yeah, multiple like huge containers. containers. And this, I, that's one of the things I really enjoy about summer. Watermelon, yeah. cantaloupe. Yeah. Like cherry, yeah. Just the fresh fruit. Yeah. Yeah, watermelon is also recently been touted as an alternative to coconut water. I remember as a kid worrying that if I swallowed watermelon seeds, they would grow in my belly. In fact, I was probably told that by somebody, but that is not true. That is, that is what older kids told younger kids, and we all heard it. Yeah. Everyone was told that. Don't I think adults swallow. told kids. Uh, I don't think adults... I think adults were probably like, no, no. I... Your older Some adults still believe you. that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I, I think I've been told by adults. Okay. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. They are? Yeah. I the, mean, it was ages ago. The but. seeds, whether the white seeds or the black seeds, uh, are filled with nutrients, high levels of magnesium, zinc, and protein. They actually suggest you chew the seed if it's not just the white soft ones or the black ones uh, to get the optimum nutrition. <laughs> and, and not nice taste. Yeah, I guess so. So the the black, even the seeded watermelon, the seeds are good for you. Yeah, they're not bad for you. you, Yeah, 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 they're good for you. Yeah, they're good for you. That I actually didn't know because it's super common practice to spit them out. Yeah. So Beth mentioned earlier spitting out watermelon seeds at people. (laughs) Jason Shayot is an expert watermelon seed spitter. He holds the world record for watermelon seed spitting at 75 feet, 2 inches. Wow. That is a lot of force in your yeah. seed spitting. And lastly, Mark Twain, famous author, loved watermelon. He called it the food of angels. Did he also spit them? Didn't say if he did on the old Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if he did or not. I'm guessing they did. He probably had a triangular wedge and <laughs> yep, like everybody does, and maybe a tin to <laughs> spit. Now he probably just spat them in the in the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, another fun food for summertime. That we've been seeing them out in stores quite a bit now, so it's definitely uh, that time of year again. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of times Beth will cut them up, like completely take the rind off, Bite cut them off pieces. into bite-sized pieces, and then we can just grab them on the go in a bowl or whatever, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, makes it very convenient. And we have a watermelon <laughs> sitting on our counter waiting to be cut up. Do we? We do, yeah. It's funny. Yes, yeah. we do. So enjoy your watermelon this summer yeah and there are different ways to enjoy watermelon um i know i've had well, like a watermelon well, mixed eating, drink mostly before. oh mixed drinks yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they had true, even yeah. like an itty bitty triangle of watermelon on yes. the side yeah yeah so that was that was fun and also delicious <laughs> true yeah looking at a summer bucket list right one thing that you can do this is for adults this you could is not kind for... of abbreviate uh, abbreviate it or no, I don't. Or just reduce it to uh, from summer bucket list to suck it list. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. So just if you take the S U to the bucket, yeah. 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 If you you know if you want to shorten it, yeah. 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 If you want, that's to. just a mouthful to say summer bucket list. Every it time. is. Yeah, I'll, I'll continue. Especially if you want to say that towards Cole, right? I would understand that, right? Or if someone's summer bucket list is not as good as yours, yeah, you could call it your yeah. suck it list. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, one of the options was to go to bars. Mm-hmm. So that made me remember a famous bar that I went to in New Orleans. And then that led me to looking up famous bars in the U.S. So here are 10 of the most famous bars in the U.S. This is from worldatlas.com. First off, number 10 is the Green Mill Cocktail Lounge in Chicago. Step back to the age of Prohibition era 
with a visit to Chicago's Green Mill Cocktail Lounge. Initially opened in 1907, this prominent jazz venue is a nod to Paris's Moulin Rouge. In the 1920s, Al Capone frequented the lounge and always sat at his favorite table strategically positioned to see both the front and back entrances. <laughs> this historic venue is complete with secret tunnels that Al Capone and his men used to elude authorities. Though visitors are not allowed to tour the tunnels, <laughs> patrons can still experience some of the top jazz performances in the world. Something that is fun is that Al Capone was from Naples, mm -hmm. and our Italian family are from Naples. True. So, I mean, I don't know how fun that is. She <laughs> <laughs> said it was fun in relation, but it's, I yeah. thought that was a fun connection. Yeah. Number nine, the Tonga Room in San Francisco. Located in the basement of the Fairmont Hotel, visitors to the, I'm going to call it Tonga Room, T-O-N-G-A. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, stepped into the same Polynesian paradise experienced when the club first opened in 1945. This unique restaurant and tiki bar, think mm. of the tiki room in Disney, but not. Was <laughs> enchanted. Yeah. Offers an indoor pool, hmm, complete with live musical performances atop a floating stage. By singing birds? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, they may. I don't know. There's even a tropical rain shower occurring every hour around the perimeter of the bar. Guests can enjoy a full happy hour buffet. Now, this is um, right. pre-COVID. Featuring umbrella drinks, including their famous Mai Tai. So, I thought that was interesting. Previous podcast series, we covered the movement of the tiki experience mm -hmm. over to America post-World War II. Because the men and women that served in that war experienced Polynesian culture as well as uh, South Asian culture. Mm -hmm. And brought back that kind of sense mm -hmm. by creating tiki bars in their homes. Oh, yeah. And people made businesses that, where there was tiki bar experiences uh, out like this in bars and things like that. So, right. yeah. And clearly it's still popular. It is still popular, right? Yeah. Number eight is Vesuvio, San Francisco. Dating back to the 1950s, Vesuvio, located in the North Beach area, is a compact bar rich in history. Its most well-known patron is Jack Kurok who was a regular at the Betnik and Bohemian-style venue known at one time as Ground Zero. There's even a pedestrian walkway named Jack Kurok Alley. Kurok, K-E-R-O-U-A-C. So I just found out that the name is pronounced Jack Kerouac. And he was a famous American novelist from like the 1950s or 40s. Yeah. Um, so, if y'all are wondering who Mr. Jack is, definitely take a look on Google. Number seven, the King Cole Bar in New York City. King Cole Bar, located in the prestigious St. Regis Hotel in Manhattan, is known as the birthplace of the Bloody Mary. In 1934, bartender Fernand Petiot curated the perfect recipe for a vodka and tomato juice-based cocktail and garnished it with a stalk of celery. Though the concoction was originally named Bloody Mary, the high-end bar renamed it Red Snapper to create a more elegant name for the hotel's elite clientele. No matter which name you use, the drink remains the signature cocktail of the King Cole Bar. That's funny. Bloody Mary to Red Snapper, is that what it was? Yeah. But now most people still call it Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of Red Snapper. I no, know what Bloody Mary is. Yeah. And they created that the year after Prohibition ended. So that must have been a, a year of experimenting with alcoholic drinks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Number six, the Green Dragon Tavern in Boston, which I think sounds very fun and Harry Potter-like. <laughs> <laughs> Soak in our nation's history while sipping a pint at this historical Boston establishment. The Green Dragon Tavern was a favorite watering hole for some of the most well-known names in history, such as Paul Revere, John Adams, and John Hancock. 
The tavern is dubbed the headquarters of the American Revolution, and it's rumored to be the spot where the plans for the Boston Tea Party were formed. And the tavern was established in 1654. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the name sounded familiar. The Green Dragon was also the name of a inn or tavern in the Lord of the Rings in the the Shire with all the hobbits. That's so awesome. (laughs) It was the Green Dragon. (laughs) I think I remember they they sang, the hobbits would sing a song Uh about drinking at the Green Dragon. Oh, that's so um, funny. Which is interesting because it was written by Tolkien. Yeah. So I don't know if he... Like, went there Went or... to the Green Dragon and right. then put that into uh, his book, but it's not outside the realm of possibility, and that would be a fun connection. That would be. Yeah, definitely. Number five is Chumley's in New York City. Again, another New York City one. Chumley's leather booths and decor stay true to its 1920s history. This decades-old establishment was once a well-known hangout for some of the most iconic creatives in history, such as F. Scott Fitzgerald, Ernest Hemingway, and Simon de Beauvoir. While their gatherings mostly took place in the underground area that has since collapsed, the eatery is today known for its upscale cuisine. Chumley was also the name of a walrus in the Tennessee Tuxedo cartoons. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is the Round Robin and Scotch Bar in Washington, D.C. Those heading to Washington, D.C. to tour the White House can add Round Robin to their list of historical presidential spots to visit. Since 1847, the bar has been a popular meeting place for leaders of our nation. With its large leather interior and presidential decor, patrons can sip on the bar's signature drink, the mint julep, while imagining what types of important decisions were discussed within those walls. Neat. Yeah. I did not know that was there. Yeah, me neither. Number three is the Carousel Piano Bar and Lounge in New Orleans. Mm. That's what you're talking about. Yes. Those heading to the Carousel Bar in New Orleans, expecting a rotating bar with glimmering lights will not be disappointed. This unique French Quarter Lounge is located inside the historical hotel Monteleon. And I apologize if I'm botching up these names. (laughs) Grab a spot at the 25-seat rotating bar and make a full rotation every 15 minutes. The bar offers a mix of traditional and contemporary drinks, including its famous concoction, the Vukar, a blend of bourbon, sweet vermouth, Benedictine, and bitters. Number two, Tootsie's Orchard Bar and Lounge in Nashville. Tootsie's. Mm. Yeah, and it, the building is painting purple. Oh. Okay. Like all of it. Uh, so it's not based on the roll. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not chocolatey goodness. No. Yeah. no list of bars is complete without the representation from the Music City. Tootsie's opened its doors in 1960 and have been delivering the best in hockey tonk ever since. Some of the nation's most famous country music stars have played in this iconic venue, such as Willie Nelson and Patsy Cline. Patrons can explore the lounge's three-floor offering, three floors, offering live music performances while sipping Tootsie's famous apple pie shine. Oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. We're going to have apple pie later today as Dad's signature dessert. Not the moonshine. Not apple pie shine, though. No No alcohol involved in that. (laughs) And number one... could be. I guess. Number one is the Mint Bar in Wyoming. Really? That's number one? That is number one. In Wyoming, huh? Why so? Since 1907, the Sheridan Wyoming Tavern has been a favorite among cowboys and ranchers. With walls decorated with memorabilia, this cozy pub is a must-do for travelers to the area. The owners have dubbed the phrase, Meet You at the Mint, where guests can saddle up to the bar and order a cold one. Oh, so it's like maybe an old-fashioned looking saloon bar-ish. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. Does it have like okay. a fun like doors that, doors that swing in and out? Probably not. Those are no, probably not. Those, those look that would be so fun though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe inside. 
Yeah, maybe inside, yeah. yeah. But that was uh, the World Atlas's number one bar. Wow, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, let us know if you have visited these bars or if you think another bar should be on the list. And uh, tell us your experience going to them. What was the best drink that you had or... This yeah. would be a long bar crawl if you were to this do this. This would be. <laughs> yeah. You could probably, you'd have to do it, you'd have to pick ones that were closer to each other. You could probably couldn't do it from 10 to 9 to 8. Or right. Whatever. Yeah, that would jump right around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, some of them are multiple in one city. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a bonus. Yeah, you could knock them off that way. Yeah. 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 Those sound like interesting and very historical bars. Yeah. So that, that Very makes fun for summer. A little fun, too. Yeah. Now, when you were in New Orleans, did you go to the carousel? Yes. Bar? Okay. Were you there for a, a conference or, like, uh, an event? Um, I was there for a conference. Me and a couple others went searching for this bar because I was told that it was a very famous bar. I should definitely go. So we went around searching for it. Didn't really realize it was in the hotel, so emphasis on it's in a hotel. Okay. Doesn't... So don't, like, just walk around looking for a rotating building. Or just a bar, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, like you have to go in. But it is really cool. We did not have time to sit down and have a drink. But it was really cool. You could see it rotating, and it didn't really look like a carousel. And uh, it was very fun. So I definitely, if I go back to New Orleans, yeah. I definitely want to sit there and have a drink. Because I know you really like going to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, and you've been two or three times? Once. One, oh, okay. So you've only been once. Uh, for some reason, I thought that you did go for your birthday one year. No, that would be fun though. That yeah, that would be a good a good idea, a good n- next thing to to do maybe during birthday destination. Birthday destination, <laughs> definitely. Because um, I was thinking about as we're celebrating our birthdays, we do it very differently as adults than we did as kids. Well, mm-hmm. we at least. I know some people still have, like, big parties for themselves. And <laughs> That's true. Everything like yeah. that. Ours um, is more family-specific. Ours is more family-specific. Or, like, going and, like, I went to Tampa this year. That's like, true. Like, you know, making, going somewhere that maybe you've never gone before yeah. um, for your birthday. Or to, like, a city that you really like, like, over to New Orleans. Yeah. And maybe go to one of these bars. And maybe go to one of these bars or all of these bars. Make that your birthday. <laughs> wow. That would yeah. be a big birthday gift. That would be a big birthday gift to yourself. Yeah. 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 So I was I was thinking about because we just had, Sydney and I just had our birthdays. Dad is having his today. Um, so I was thinking about what did, because I'm not sure that I've heard from you and mom and dad about what you guys did as kids for your birthday and if you kind of carried over any of those traditions into adulthood for me my birthdays look very similar to how you guys celebrate your birthdays as kids my mom would make us a birthday cake and we would be we could choose the colors Mm -hmm. they generally were like the basic birthday cake with flowers on it that's right yeah occasionally I, i remember pictures of cakes that were like more specialized like my brother had a football one at one point i was about to ask where the specialized cakes your cakes <laughs> no no i generally had the because i like my mom's cake a lot it was white cake with homemade frosting on mm-hmm. it and she would put these flowers on so you would get like a flower which was just pure frosting so, yeah so pure sugar yeah. yeah and whoever's birthday was got the first piece and the choice of the flower and we blew, you know blew out candles we got presents that were wrapped and we had a meal of choice although it was you know amongst the normal meals we would have right right. um i often chose something called pizza burgers really which (laughs) yes which we as kids absolutely loved Uh, some of my adult brothers still love pizza burgers and make them make them regularly Uh, (laughs) yes there is a mixed viewpoint of the taste of (laughs) pizza burgers by our spouses and our kids I, I don't say. think it's that mixed. <laughs> All right, well, I think the spouses, I've heard some of them re- right. absolutely just refuse to make them. Generally, our birthdays were just family. You know, our family was six kids and mom and dad, right? So that was a pretty big, big crowd anyways. Right. Um, I would say probably I had a birthday party where we invited friends maybe twice growing mm-hmm. up. And that was that was pretty much it. And those were bigger deals, you know, that much more... Elaborate. Was it like 16 years old or was it a certain no, age? No, younger. Or just yeah, younger. Like younger elementary. than 10. Oh, okay. Like okay. one was probably when I was like six-ish. 
and maybe one between six and ten. Uh, so yeah, not not a time when we really had a lot of big birthday parties, and and the same thing for all of us, including my mom and dad, they did the same same kind of thing. So we carried a lot of those traditions over to you guys. Although I would say you guys had more parties than we did as kids. Yeah, like yeah. as little ones when yes. they were younger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Mom? Um, my brothers and I, our birthdays were so close. Like mine, September 7th. I think my one brother is the 13th and the other is the 15th. Oh, wow. So yeah. when we were younger, um, we always just had... A birthday celebration for all three of us. Yeah. It was so that. close, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't really... There weren't... We really didn't have many traditions growing up. Did you guys do parties or... No. Cake? We did cake. We didn't get to, like, choose the cake. Like, I, I just don't... There were no special... Like, I know right now I love chocolate cake with peanut butter frosting. And I know we probably had that. But it wasn't like... Oh, it's my birthday, so I know I'm going to have that. It wasn't like that. I just really can't remember much of any, yeah, anything other than the three of us usually had it together. There was cake, and that's about all I remember. Yeah, and cake was the pretty when we were growing up. Was cake was generally the dessert of choice. My dad always had a strawberry pie, which we thought was like way out of the you know, normal <laughs> tradition. Yeah, like, yeah, you were just a crazy man. <laughs> so right. um, so weird. But that then. Also, uh, allowed me when I became an adult, you know, when we started to do birthdays for with Beth and I, just to switch to what I really enjoyed, which was apple pies. Yeah, yeah. and then the kids both switched to pies too, different yeah. kinds of pie, but yeah. pies. Yeah, as um, we got older, colder chocolate, mine too, lemon meringue. Yeah, yep. and then um, this past year, I decided cheesecake instead. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I love, I've grown a a love of cheesecake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay yeah, to and change okay. your dessert choices as mm-hmm. you change your taste. Now, did you have, like, balloons and and streamers on a normal birthday? Like, not, not, not on one of the normal. big ones. Okay. Yeah, no. For the parties, we would. But uh, And I remember one of the gifts I got at one of the parties was from... My best friend was a, a girl across the street. And her and her family got me this box. And it was, like, a huge wrap box. And then inside the box was... Like a bunch of confetti and a bunch of wrapped gifts inside the box. So oh, there must have fun. been like 10, 15 like smaller oh gifts goodness. inside. How and nice. I still remember that as mm-hmm. a big, big event. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. That's so fun. Because um, <laughs> I remember you guys were very intentional about making it a bigger deal when we were kids. Because you yeah. wanted to make the birthday special for us. Right. Um, and you let us kind of, as we grew older, celebrate that in ways that were geared more towards what we would want and what we would enjoy. Right. Because I remember having, like, large parties with big group yeah. of people, but that was when we were pretty young. Yeah, you are pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once I hit pre, pre-teen, but old enough, that was when you were, you would take me to Baltimore Aquarium for my birthday every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was for several years, and sometimes it would be us, sometimes I would bring a friend. Yep. Uh, a friend or two with us. That's that's why I love Baltimore. I would never have taken you to Baltimore Aquarium <laughs> had I known that you were going to love the Ravens as a result. <laughs> uh, I would have taken you to the Pittsburgh Aquarium or yeah, Zoo. Right? Yeah. But I will Which, say that Inner Harbor mm-hmm. of Baltimore is really nice. It is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Um, and, and you the made aquarium's it. Fun. You made it mm-hmm. such a fun experience for me being in Baltimore. Yeah. That that stuck with me. But. <laughs> Past that point, getting into, I think when I was 12, that's when I was getting to the point where, and this is, this is developed over time because I'm a, I'm the kind of person, I don't like getting a lot of gifts just because it's too much stuff and I don't like having a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, you're just in the wrong place. I I know because (laughs) everyone but me are big gift givers Mm -hmm. or receivers. I mean, I, I do like to give gifts i just don't like getting stuff so i think it was when i was about 12 that's when we started i'd take a friend the same friend every year my best friend and we'd go to a different amusement park yep and i said hey dad can we do this instead of gifts this year and you gave me gifts anyways true (laughs) i think it was because in my mind 
what I had, the major like theme park amusement parks that I had done before that was Disney. Right. So in my mind, it cost more than it actually probably did yeah. to go to like Bush Gardens or Hershey Park. Right. Yeah. Because in my mind, yeah. I was like, oh, this is gonna cost so much. You know, my twelfth grade mind, I was like, this is gonna cost so much that it's gonna be gifts or yeah. this. Um, then you ended up getting me stuff anyways. Right. Um, not as much stuff because obviously right. the, yeah. the that cost was the of gifts, the trip. Right. Yeah, it was the right. big gift. But growing up, and we did that for a good four years or so. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, where we would four just do years, four yeah. or five years where we'd just do an amusement park yeah, every so year. We went to Kennywood, Bush Gardens, Cedar Point. Um, Hershey Park. Hershey Park. That's four. I think we did... Did we, like, one of the Six Flags or... We didn't do Six Flags or King's Dominion. I remember we didn't do either of those. I think we did another one though. Yeah, either another one or another or one of those twice. Or one of those twice. We yeah. might have done Hershey twice. Yeah, we might have done yeah. Hershey twice. Um, because that sounds like that might be right. But that's something I have. Pr- I have pretty good memories of of that because it wasn't just. I think if it had just been a party, like with you know a bunch of friends and presents and stuff, the memory would have faded a little more than like the specific ones that I have from going yeah. to those amusement parks. Yeah, because um, I remember specific like moments and yeah. Oh, yeah. times and Definitely. everything like that. Especially being there with my dad and my best friend, yeah. and you could, you know, kind of take it easy and. Well, you guys were as you were growing. It, you got to a point where I could just say, just meet just me at a certain time. Go. Yeah, right. At first, I was we were all doing everything together. Right. Yeah. I didn't necessarily go on all the crazy roller coasters because all these. Places that have some pretty intense roller coasters. Right, especially once we hit Cedar Point. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) That's when, I'm not sure if that was the first year, but I know that you were definitely like, just go. Yeah. When we hit Cedar Point with all those crazy roller coasters, which was great for the two of us because me and my friend could just go and, you know, uh, chat. Yeah, you guys could talk and just hang out for a long time. You get, at Hershey Park, there's a prairie dog exhibit, and... (laughs) I think you guys could have stayed there all day just talking about the lives of those prairie dogs. Right. Well, we narrated them, what they were, what they were thinking and what they were doing. Um, it must have been like an hour or so. Oh, my God. It was there. so long, yes. And you had to stay. I think that was one of the ones that you had to stay with. Yeah, they you were, eventually yeah. drive them away. Yeah, done. And, and Cole said, no, just a little bit longer. And <laughs> Just went on and on. Um, yeah. I let them stay 45 minutes longer than I let Mom stay on the beach of Maine. I know, really. <laughs> let us watch the prairie dogs and their lives um, so that was my ex- birthday experience growing up mm-hmm. uh, which was amazing you guys made it phenomenal mm-hmm. now well and we uh, sydney and i like she said both adopted the pie thing so now i think the only tradition that i really rolled over is spending time with family having sort of the dessert that you want and having a meal mm-hmm. that you want um, and having like presents and stuff together yeah. and Sydney's, Sydney and my birthdays are two days apart so mm-hmm. usually we do presents together and mm-hmm. um, a joint celebration we do dinners separately so each person yeah. can have their own stuff but mm-hmm. yeah. what was what are your kind of memories from your birthday growing up Sita? So, kind of like you said, like, I remember parties when we were younger. Mm, Um, Themed parties, usually. Yes, themed parties, like a bumblebee and ladybug and fun things like that. That's funny, I do not remember themed parties. Yeah. Just that they were parties. Yeah. I remember going to Build-A-Bear one time with friends and having a little party. That was super fun. Um, We did bowling one year. Yeah, bowling. Yeah. And then when I got to, like, my middle school teen years, like, those awkward years, instead of a party... Me and mom would go to a bookstore, which which at the time, um, there was a Borders in Winchester, yeah. which was like a half an hour away, and it had like this little bakery thing in it, and oh my goodness, little I could, cafe. Yeah, yeah, I could spend, like, I could have spent all day in there. Yeah. It was so fun to me, because then I could read books, like clean books, and then... Clean, meaning they weren't library books. Right. Yeah. yeah. They were new. <laughs> yeah. And um, I could decide, then I could decide what, what books I want. And those would be like a part of my birthday gift. So there, that was um, like that for a while. And then when I got older, I don't know, mid to, no, I say older, high school, I think me and mom started going shopping for like clothes and stuff. Because I, yeah. I finally was, uh, wanted to 
Yeah, um, what a turnaround that was. I mean, for the longest time, you had no interest in fashion yeah. at all. You wanted to wear the same thing yeah. just about every day. Yeah, yeah. same type of thing. Yeah, and I ended up like 20 of the same thing. At some point, it just turned around completely. Yeah. I think where, it was like 15 or 16. Yeah, where you said, oh, no, I think I'll go mm-hmm. shop with mom as part of my birthday, which was right. fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then... Um, and it was fun for me that you wanted to do that with mom. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't enjoy the shopping for clothes experience that right. much. So. Yeah, I definitely have turned around with that. I yeah. can definitely, yes. definitely do that now. Um, what else? Like, I, And then into adulthood, I really... For me, yes, it's the dessert. I do love giving gifts. I do enjoy getting gifts. But for me, it's also the decorations. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Um, like, for different people's birthdays, I'm the one to bring out, like, the happy birthday banner and put yeah. those up and just do different things like that that I appreciate and want to do for others. You do a good job with that. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoy that. And I enjoyed doing it for people at work, too. Like, my coworkers yeah. and different parties and events for that. Not just birthdays, but yeah, other Yeah, you're events. known for your parties at work, so. Yeah. Yes, if you yeah. were living in a uh, Hallmark world, <laughs> you would be... Your end job, the job that you realized was your, <laughs> right. what you wanted all along would be like the party planner girl. Yeah. 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 Not the um, lawyer no, or not the doctor. The, yes. Right. Not the high paying no. job right. that you worked really hard to get. Right. It would be the party planner. <laughs> I'll get like up to like the and, highest scale yeah. that I can where I am. And, and then, then like, like end oh. up with uh, <laughs> That's right. uh Hunky Baker, or you know, whatever. It yeah, yeah. With, with his daughter, with his little who girl, saved his the, or saved dog. the town event. Yeah, who saved the the town's? Um, I don't know something like event, something it has to be an cheesy event, lemon festival. Or like, <laughs> sorry, it's always something. Some whatever random, that town right. was in, known for. That's yeah. right. And I have a little dog now, that so it's true. easy fits even more. That's true. That's yeah. true. It could be. Uh, Titled, I don't know, like a girl and her dog or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or a puppy time Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some kind of Christmas thing too, yeah. yeah. But yeah, very fun. Very fun memories. Noelle is even a very Hallmark-esque name for a uh, That's true. For a puppy. Yeah, yeah, and she's for small. A, for a Christmas. She's like a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. She, um, she hasn't gotten to her first birthday yet, so I yeah. have a feeling I'll probably do something for her first birthday. But very fun. So our future festivities are for the week of May 31st. May 31st is National Memorial Day. June 1st, World Reef Awareness Day. That's like a coral reef. June 2nd, National Running Day. June 3rd, National Repeat Day. June 3rd, National Repeat Day. (laughs) June 4th, National Donut Day. June 5th, goes along with one of Sydney's bars, National Moonshine Day. Ah. And June 6th, National Drive-In Movie Day. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, we are at Holiday Moons, all one word. On Facebook, you can find us by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can email us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Beth, Randy, Sydney, and Cole, and for your special day today, Dad, Happy happy birthday. birthday! Yay! Thank you. Goodbye.